Welcome and good afternoon. Today we'll be looking at three different roles that an accompanist has that are dependent on the age, experience, and musicality of the vocalist that they are working with. Um, the first that we're going to focus on today is how to play with a vocalist who is your musical peer, who is um, an equal with you as far as how educated they are in music and how experienced they are in uh, performing and singing in the church. So for the most part, the thing that you have to keep in mind is that this is a collaboration, not just a simple accompaniment. You as the pianist are their equal. And as you play, you're looking for ways to bring out the musicality in the vocalist and in the music. You're not simply playing along to keep time. One of the best ways to collaborate with a vocalist or any other type of instrumentalist as a pianist is to ask questions. So after you are comfortable playing the music and you've had your first rehearsal, it would be extremely appropriate to ask questions. How would you like to phrase this particular section? How, what dynamic would you like to start this in? What do you think the focal point of this piece is? Those types of questions stimulate um, musical creativity. They stimulate, um, I lost my place, stimulate musical ideas without using an accusatory tone. A lot of people, when they practice, they, they're so intent on getting the job done that they would say, um, you're not starting this correctly, the tempo is supposed to be faster, and it comes across as very brusque and accusatory, which we never want to be, especially when we're working um, in the church or as an accompanist for some sort of a service. It's always best to ask questions. Um, all right, so we have several examples prepared today that we're going to play for you to give you an idea of uh, the concepts as we go along. The first is an excerpt from O Lord Most Holy by Caesar Franick, and Mrs. Odenthal will be singing the vocal part. Now, the first time that I play this, I want you to pay a special attention to the piano accompaniment, since that is the focus of this lecture. I want you to notice the dynamics. I want you to notice how well or unwell I am relating with the accompanist, with the, as the accompanist with the vocalist, and especially as I play, notice musicality or lack thereof, okay? After we play this, we're going to talk about it for a minute. Okay, so what did you notice about the piano accompaniment? What caught your attention? Did anything catch your attention? Yes. Okay, so I was correctly supporting her by not overpowering, but, but giving her the support that she needs as she got louder. What else? Or anything else, I should ask. Okay, now we're going to play this again. As I was mentioning earlier, between an experienced vocalist and the pianist, 
what you're going for is more of a collaboration, more of a duet mindset. It's not just a soloist. So in this, with this mindset as the pianist, you're also looking for ways to bring out your part that would create more of an ensemble. Let's try it again. What did you hear that time? Yes. Right, exactly. You would hear the vocalist state the musical idea or the thought, the first line accompanied with their phrase, and the pianist during the interlude would then bring that out as if there more that was as if there more there was, oh my goodness, more than one soloist. Good. What else did you hear? How did that affect the musicality of the presentation? Yes. Very good. So the first time, the only thing to listen to was just the vocalist. You were kind of just waiting for her to keep going. The second time, there was constant interest. There was always something new to listen to. Very, very good. All right, now we have another example in the same, the same type of performing, if you will, giving a presentation. This is a little bit different. This is O Thou That Tellest Good Tidings to Zion. Uh, by George Handel from the Messiah. It's just an excerpt of it. This particular music is a reduction, which for the pianist means that it was originally written for an orchestra and someone came along later and wrote it just for a piano. Usually when playing a reduction, we're thinking, oh my goodness, there's a ton of notes because you take a whole orchestral score, smush it down to just two staves, and that's kind of what you get, just a lot of notes. But as the pianist, what's the most important thing to focus on for this type of accompaniment is the style in which it's played. It should be very light with crisp articulation and a slight push to the ends of the phrases. Let's try this. O thou that tellest good tidings to Zion, Get thee up into thy mountain. Get thee up into thy mountain. High mountain. Okay, what did you hear? The piano was a little bit too loud, okay? You couldn't quite hear the vocalist. It was more overpowering than it was accompanying. What else? 
Right, and a lot of that is stylistic. In this type of time period, the, the orchestration was extremely ornate, and it comes across as, as a lot to handle all at once. Good, what else? Right, the piano would follow the melody of the vocalist, again, using the doubling rules when using so many instruments. Good, let's try this one one more time. Thou that tellest good tidings to Zion, get thee up into thy mountain, get thee up into thy mountain, high mountain. What was different about that time? Yes, very good. So again, more of a duet. The pianist would come way down when the vocalist would, be, would begin to allow the vocalist the time to shine to get across the lyrics and the effect of the song. But when the vocalist was done, then the pianist would come out or the accompaniment would come out and express the music and then subdue itself again when the vocalist came back in. Good, good, good. Very typical type of accompaniment, especially for that time period. Um, next, the second type of, oh, before we move on, Mrs. O, do you have anything to add? Just being very sure that you know what time period the piece is from. One of those was from uh, the more classic and romantic period. The other was from the Baroque. In the Baroque period, the second one that we just did, it, it does sound very kind of, you know, the timing is very important, whereas on the other one, the, the, the tempo gives a little more. So making sure that both the accompanist as well as the singer are aware of which style you're singing in is really important. Okay, the second type of role that an accompanist has in the church is playing for an adult volunteer or an older volunteer who has done a lot of singing in their time but is not educated in music. For this example, we'll perform the first verse of Jesus Draw Me Ever Near by Keith Getty and Margaret Becker. Now, most of the vocalists we play for in the church fall into this category. They've been singing for several years, a lot of them, especially as we're younger and just finishing college. Most of them are a great deal older than us. Um, and so to understand the relationship for this particular group is extremely important. Now, most of the time as pianists, we tend to think that, you know, we're getting bored, we're playing something over and over and over, and we think, oh, we're, we're better than this, let's add some stuff. And we try to spice up the piano part as we play. Often this is done to the detriment of the lyrics and to the effect that the, the piece is trying to portray. I want you to listen to this, and I'm going to play it in a new style as if I was adding some type of improvisation to this song. Jesus, draw me ever nearer as I labor through the storm. You have called me to this passage, and I'll follow though I'm worn. May this journey bring a blessing. May I rise of faith and at the end of my 
my heart's testing with your likeness let me wake okay what did you notice about that yes exactly the lyrics are the whole point of the song when you listen to a song if you can't understand the lyrics it was just really pretty noise or ugly noise is the case maybe and the, the whole point of accompaniment is to support the lyrics, not to take away from them. So anytime you add accompaniment, you must always take into consideration what are the lyrics saying? What is the how is the melody line built? Is it supposed to be calming and, and relaxing, or is it supposed to be energetic? Abby? Exactly. It didn't sound like a collaboration. It sounded like we just started in the same key and then kind of just went off on our own styles. It was not at all together. Good. Anything else? It sounded very much like a piano solo style instead of an accompaniment. Good. So let's play it again, and this time I'm only going to play what's written on the page. Jesus, draw me ever nearer as I labor through the storm. You have brought me to this passage And I'll labor though I'm worn May this journey bring a blessing May I rise on wings of faith And at the end of this heart's testing, with your likeness, let me wake. Okay, how was that? I only played what was on the page. Was it better? What was wrong with it? Yeah, there were weird accents. It, didn't, it did not have a natural pulse. Accenting the second and fourth beats in a 4-4 in a four, four measure is extremely harmful to the style. Why? Right, the natural strong beat of a 4-4 four, four measure is first the downbeat, which is beat one, big beat one, and then beat three. That's how we walk. That's how we breathe. That's the natural expectation you would have of this song. To take away from that and to emphasize beats two and four and to always shy away from landing on that downbeat provides a very unstable accompaniment. It's very, very uncomfortable. And as pianists, we enjoy it because we think we're being musical without stepping away and thinking it's, it's actually a very, very unnatural effect that it lends to the song. Good. So when you're, even if you're not adding harmful additives <laughs> to your music, there are other things to consider. Is the articulation that you're playing conducive to the style? If I had played the whole thing staccato with no pedal, it would have sounded like a hoedown arrangement of this song. If I had played the whole thing with no phrasing, if I hadn't pushed through forward to the ends of the phrases, Mrs. Odenthal could have potentially run out of air, which is always a very bad thing. Um, and then to ignore the natural beats, the natural downbeats of a song, was really, really harmful to the texture. Mrs. Odenthal, do you have anything to add? Uh, one of the things that when you're working with um, singers that may not be as experienced, Trying to make sure that they push toward the first beat and push towards the third beat on something like this is really important. Lots of times they won't know why it feels uncomfortable. And so as an accompanist, the more that you can help lead them 
into the style that the piece is, the easier it's going to be for your collaboration and the better they're going to sound, even though they may not quite know why. All right. Now, the very last category that we're going to be covering today is one of the most important, especially as a pianist, because it takes a great amount of knowledge on your part and initiative on your part. Well, when you're playing for young singers or beginning singers who are still unsteady about um, singing solos or unsteady about singing in front of people. Um, so there are several things that you as a pianist are obligated to keep in mind. Uh, first, it's imperative at this stage to provide support for the singer by playing his or her part with them. Okay, It's going to provide um, really a foundation for them to hold on to through all the raging nerves and adrenaline and just uncertainty of doing this the first several times. Be attentive to which register the vocalist is singing in. If it's um, a young man who's singing, you may have to lower the doubling of his part down a register to meet him at his level. Always very, very important. Um, so whether moving the melody lower or higher, always be ready to do that and be prepared that you're not messing them up. Uh, next, give obvious intros so that there's no doubt in their mind when they're supposed to come in. A lot, a lot of beginning vocalists, you'll have to play the intro several, several times for them to understand, okay, now it's time to breathe and come in. In order to do it consistently and really obvious, it's going to give them the confidence to start well. Um, next, play the song the same way every time. This is a safety net for young beginners, and you have to be them for their be there for them in this way to prevent confusion and uncertainty. So this would be one particular instance where you really just need to rein yourself in and not allow yourself to get too fancy. When you're playing with someone who's young, the point of you, you accompanying them is to strengthen their skill and give them confidence, not to show off for yourself. Um, next, keep the tempo steady. This is no time to fluctuate with tempos, rubatos, musicality. You keep that thing strong. Um, it's going to be... It, it needs to be very predictable so that they never have to guess. Is this one of those times where you're going to like pause or where you're going to jump ahead? It needs to be very, very predictable and obvious. Um, and then last, provide the forward energy. This is really, really important for young singers who don't have the lung capacity yet of an adult or even adults who are not yet experienced in, in holding their breath for a certain number of time. And it's especially important for longer notes. The lung capacity is not developed enough to spin a note long enough to wait for you. So always be ready to anticipate them running out of breath and being able to push just enough to land that downbeat with them together so that they're able to breathe without passing out. <laughs> okay, now we have several examples here for this category, and we're going to start discussing a few different things with each one. This first song we're going to be doing, um, Abba Father by Ron Hamilton. I'm going to be playing it two different ways. The first way is actually an arrangement of this song. So as a pianist, it's a little bit more intricate, a little bit more interesting for us to play, but there are obvious downfalls when playing this with a beginner. Uh, one of the things I want you to notice especially, we were talking about doubling the melody and what I'm about to play. Notice, see if the melody is doubled. See if the intros are obvious, if the beats hold steady. Basically everything that I just told you, we're gonna listen to this and see what we think. Father, hold me safe in your arms. Father, keep me free from all harm. 
I cast my care on you, just as a child should do. Trusting, loving, all that you are. What did you hear? Yes. Right, I didn't double the part. What else? Right, especially a younger singer is very, very dependent on their ear, on what they hear. Can they hear their part? Can they hear it distinctly throughout? And if you're playing something different, a lot of harmonies, like what I played, it could have been a melody. It just wasn't the melody they were supposed to sing. It can be extremely, extremely confusing. Right, the introduction was really, really ambiguous. And why? Because the texture didn't change. It was kind of just flowy eighth notes the whole way through. There was no clear indication of this is when you come in, this is when you breathe, this is where the cadence is. It was all just very, very loose and flowy. Good, anything else? All right, I'm going to play this again, and I want you to... Same drill. So listen, we're going to evaluate and see how we think. Father, hold me safe in your arms. Father, keep me free from all harm. I cast my care on you, just as a child should do, trusting, loving all that you are. What did you notice? Yes. Right, it was simpler. And as a pianist, we think that simple is bad. Simple is not always bad. It's simply a tool. Simple is simply a tool. Sorry. Really poorly worded sentence. Um... Right, but when the point is to help the vocalist, to aid the vocalist, to make them more comfortable, simple is never bad. Simple is comfortable. Okay, good. What else? Yes. The intro was extremely obvious. I landed on the downbeat. They had their note, and we could start. Good. What else? Or anything else I should ask? Yes. Right, there was more forward motion. Instead of just waiting for the vocalist to pick up the energy, I was there for them so they could kind of borrow off of mine. It's very, very important for young singers. A lot of times they're so worried about the breathing and the words and the fact that their grandma's sitting on the front row taping them. They're not thinking push, spin through their notes. So as the pianist, to provide that energy is extremely important for the movement of the song. Anything else? Right, good. The beats were very, very clear. Okay, now we're going to do another song. This is Rejoice in the Lord, also by Ron Hamilton. Really, really popular, especially with um, younger gentlemen who are learning how to sing. And I want to talk about why this arrangement would be appropriate or inappropriate um, for that particular style. God never moves without purpose or plan When trying his servant and molding a man Give thanks to the Lord, though your testing seems long In darkness he giveth a song Right, you could hear the melody 
but it was lower than she was singing, which could be very, very confusing. Good. On the other hand, if you were playing with a young man who was singing an octave below, that would be extremely helpful. And as the pianist, you need to be prepared that even as this texture would switch, that you wouldn't, that you would keep the melody down there and not improvise on top of his voice. Most of beginning singers, vocalists, they're used to hearing their own part as the top voice. Whether they're a girl and their soprano, which we would normally think is top voice, even as a young man, he would still expect to hear his part on top of the texture. So as a pianist, to be able to take everything down an octave without making it too muddy is an extremely important skill to give him that stability that he needs to be able to play or to sing well. Good, what else? It did. It started simple and fine. And then as it switched, and as the pianist, it's not bad to have interesting accompaniment when playing for a beginner. This is where consistency comes in. The vocalist needs to know that you're going to play it the same way every time so that they can learn it. It's sort of like learning a song off the radio, which we all do. It's easy to learn it quickly because we know that it's never going to change. Same when playing for the church. As comfortable as we are improvising and playing by ear, that could be doing a great deal of harm to the people that we are playing for. What else? There's something else very important about the intro that I want to point out. As I started, there was a scale walking up to the vocalist starting note. A really, really important aspect of making an introduction obvious is to give them a clear indication of what their first note is. So the example, the measure right before she plays sounds like, or right before she comes in with singing sounds like this. Using a scale to walk up to the note in which they are to start singing is a really, really good way to train vocalists how to hear their first pitch. Most introductions end with a big chord, and then there's just this long pause waiting for the vocalist to start, and for beginners, they will not know how to find their note. So not just to make the pulse clear, don't just keep the tempo steady, but give them a very clear indication so that they know exactly where that note is, so they don't, have, they don't feel like they're scrounging for it there at the the very beginning of their song. Okay, I would like to take the last few minutes and mention the number one most important factor in a successful presentation, and that's practice time. As a pianist, it's extraordinarily irresponsible of you to come to the first practice unfamiliar with your music and with the vocalist part. Your point, your whole reason for existence as an accompanist is to help, it's to aid, it's to support. If you're the weak link in the chain when it comes to practicing, you're not doing your job. Okay, sorry, I was trying to think of a nice way to say that, but it's, it's really the truth. By the time you meet with the vocalist, you must be more than comfortable with your own notes and with their part, so that as you're playing, if they need help or you need to stop and, and remind them of a certain interval of, oh, we're not together on this section, that's your responsibility as the accompanist to know and come equipped with different ideas and different ways that you can play or aid different sections of the song. Okay, uh, Mrs. Odenthal, do you have anything to say? A really good accompanist is such a pleasure for a singer to work with. And whether the singer is a beginner or whether the singer is, you know, has sung for a while or whether they're somebody that's a good musician, uh, the more that you can help them and the more that you can get to know what their habits are, the better team that you'll make. So as you're going out and working in the ministry or as the more that you can work with singers and different ones, the better you'll be. But trying to remember things about what singers do. For instance, if a singer has a hard time with the rhythm, 
you might want to do in your accompaniment something extra for them so that they always know how to hear what you're doing. Or you may want to, if they uh, have trouble with certain intervals and you know they, they really have a trouble of anything that's over a fifth or over a sixth, and I'm always going to double their note right there so that they can hear us, hear me, at least in rehearsal, and then I might even put it in. The other thing, too, is um, singers, as I think many musicians, have problems from time to time with nerves and with memory. So the more familiar you are with the music and can skip around if necessary is really helpful. If you can skip to where they are, if they make a mistake, if they forget a verse, if they start to come in on the wrong section, if you're familiar enough with the piece that you can skip to where they are, very often those listening will still get the message of the song and it'll still be a good piece for the service and for whatever meaning it had within the service without embarrassing anybody. So the more familiar you are, the more you can help the singer, the more you and the singer are familiar with each other, the better presentation and the the message is going to get across better, which is why the song hopefully was chosen in the first place. All right. So are there any questions about anything that we played or mentioned? Okay, well, thank you very, very much for coming. We hope and pray this was a help to you.